This CosmicReality.com presentation is sponsored by MysticalWares.com. And welcome to Shanghai Reality. It's June 21st, 2022. Solstice Day. The, the middle of the year. How can it be the middle of the year? I don't know. I've got uh, uh, Mark Joseph on with me in Yasmin West. We have no idea where Walt Silva is. <laughs> But uh, hopefully he will show up at some point. Um, hi there, Mark. How are we doing today? Morning, Nancy and Yasmin. Yasmin. Uh, yeah. Good. Good. Thank you. Yeah, Yasmin. Yasmin's having a great day. Oh, yes, I am. <laughs> I'm full of energy, and I already went for my swim with my water turtle, and yeah, and lots of high energy last night. Yak, 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 yak. I'm ready to go. <laughs> well, go then, <laughs> Mark. Well, what, what, what? You guys tell me what you want to talk about because I'm, I'm just hanging in here. <laughs> uh, I like the idea of. Uh doing um cross topic shows or like like uh, radio fives you were talking about Gen dr jennifer daniels who to me is the uh pioneer in dmed which is decentralized medicine um so that people definitely check the archives of her interview when basically a month right after uh lockdown back in 2020 is amazing interview nancy did and she's been on the shungite show but uh we had a um pre-show prep and then so we're talking about uh, bidets and uh, Dr. Daniel's recommendation is to always have one that's part of the uh, hygiene protocol and so it reminded me that I need to shungite my bathtub to do it you know uh, as far as integrating shungite into the whole thing so it was a good reminder for me to to, to do that. Um, well you got the shungite you you can use three shungite nuggets, cheapest way of doing it. Yeah. And you can um, put it on your water pipe, the, the a main water, your cold water pipe coming into the house. Now, you can also put it on the hot water heater, okay, like a sticker or even on the hot water heater, because again, you've got valve systems. Every time you have a valve, it disconnects the water supply from the shungite water supply to whatever's beyond that valve. And yes, shungite starts everything moving, but it will slow down once it's out of the shungite field, okay? Like your toilet. Um, in your toilet, the, the toilet bowl, I couldn't understand why I was getting, ooh, it was a weird kind of brownish, <laughs> uh guck growing in the toilet bowl i mean in the uh in the tank and i'm going like well, how the hell can this be even here and you know because of the shungite and uh then i realized no when when the valve cuts out and stops the water you've actually disconnected the charge as well as the water and if you got a uh toilets it's used you know by a whole bunch of people but it's only me here you know so it can sit for quite a long time and, and lose its charge i'm not sure how long it takes to lose the charge 
I really am not because I've got so much stuff around me that I don't think I really anything loses its charge. Um, but when you've got the wa hot water heater, A, you've got an electric motor in there that you want to shungite because it's going to last longer. And the other thing is, is that the hot water, um, you want that shungited too. So it's best to put, like, I use magnets. They're more expensive, but I happen to know the people that make them. <laughs> so, you know, and I know the person that designed it. So I have access to, to what I do is I say, hey, if you make any mistakes that you don't want to sell to the customer, send them to me. <laughs> so, you know, so I've got magnets all over the place. But for like your tub, now what did you mean with the, uh, because if you've got your, if you've got the shungite on your water system, when you turn on that water for the shower or the, the uh, you know, fill the tub, you're going to have that shungite uh, field in it just from the water coming in. What did you mean when you said you were going to do more? Uh, so the bidet is a portable one. It, it's not attached to anything. We got it on eBay, and okay. so I would. I need to put like three or scotch tape three rocks under the um, the tub pipe. Uh -huh. uh, yeah, that's it. That's it. Otherwise, like um, you know, I got I got Derek's uh, cosmic silver um, uh, bracelet. I could always just put it next to the um, the portable thingy. Uh, yeah, just a simple simple uh, addition. So that's all. Hmm. Okay. Um, something to know that you can take the um, what you call it the the okay in the tank in order to keep the tank and your and your uh, toilet bowl clean. Take three nuggets of shungite, you know, the bigger ones, because what's going to happen is that they're going to get every time you flush the toilet, they're going to get a little bit more taken off of them because it, shungite's very hard. If you hit shungite with a rock, it's very, very hard. But as everybody knows, you get dust on it. Well, it just wears off in, on the surface. So, you know, these little nuggets are going to wear down, in, in, especially when it's in the tank. But if you put them in the tank, I mean, all that brown stuff disappeared after I put those in the tank. And it was weird because I, I think it was a couple of years later, I was looking at some of the testimonials and comments that we have. We had a, a, a blog type thing everybody could you know, participate in. And somebody else had run into the concept of, oh, wow, you know, look at this. I can put the... Um, the shungite in the tank and it's cleaves my bowl cleaner. So, uh, you know, somebody beat me to it, but I didn't see it. So two of us had, uh, uh, independently had, had realized, wait a minute, you know, what's this about? So, um, yeah, you can do that and give it a try. I've had people come back to me and say, what a difference in keeping their toilet bowls clean with the shungite. So it's, um, it just saves you time. I mean, if we if we packaged, you know, Shungite up into some fancy thing and sold it as a toilet bowl cleaner, we'd probably make millions of dollars. <laughs> Instead, we say, no, make you healed. It'll make you a Shungite being. <laughs> okay, so anyway, bidet, very important. 
Yeah, I got the uh, Shungite magnet in my um, bathroom faucet, shower head, um, and then, yeah, so, and then now the bathtub uh, pipe. So um, that's just for starters. You know, I'm sure, that, like you said, there's at least three to four uses right there. So, yeah, there, there's, the, you never, you know, when I started out, I was trying to find out what was the least amount of Shungite that would make the changes that I that I wanted to see. Because I didn't want to say to people, oh, buy all this Shungite, you know, it's like, no, I wanted you to have enough Shungite to do the job, but I didn't want to tax people money-wise. I've been, you know, very, very lucky. I always had enough money, but, you know, there was times where I don't know where the enough came from. Um, so anyway, uh, but now I'm, I'm honestly telling you, you know, you got any kind of money that you can put into Shungite, do it, because there's never enough Shungite. The more you have around you, the better you're going to be. That's just what I've experienced. So, um, and I do love those magnets. And I also, you guys got the new silver, scaler, what is it? Shungite silver scaler. Uh, oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Sticker. Did you yep. get them, Yasmin? Oh, yes. Yeah, I have one huh? on my phone. I really like those. Now, what he did was he took this smart meat sticker. And this was, okay, let me just give a background for those people that don't understand where we got the stickers. Um, it was obvious that Shungite affected electromagnetic. And, you, but how are you going to put, a, you're going to put a nugget on your phone? You know? So I said to, uh, I said to Walt, I said, we need to be able to put Shungite on a phone, uh, you know, like a sticker or something. I don't know what, but something, you know. Well, within, a, I don't know, an hour, he comes back to me and he said, well, we can do this powder on the sticker. And he'd already made uh, three of them, I think it was. So that start, started out is the uh, Bucky Band-Aid because that was just raw powder. But then, and, and, and if you put it on your phone, you definitely had a change in the phone. However, there was something bothering me about it. It was like, I just didn't, I didn't feel like, I felt like something was, wasn't happening. And it was, a, you know, just as, no, something, I need something more. But it wasn't until we got the silver powder that I realized Shungite silver powder. Uh, and and I, he sent me some nuggets. Okay, so I'm not sure why he did this, but he took some nuggets and he put it in colloidal silver. And what happened was that all of the silver, colloidal silver is a, you know, it's a liquid thing. And you got silver nanoparticles suspended in it. And they can be smaller or bigger depending on who's making it and how they're making it. But it it's just basically water that's got all these nanoparticles in it. That's what colloidal silver is. So he had taken and just put some shungite nuggets in it oh i know why i know why now i was on skype with a friend of mine and in when i first started out with shungite i was using pure silver uh wire well no it was it was copper covered silver wire to make the pendants and i'm talking to her and all of a sudden i said what's wrong with your pendant and she said, oh, I meant to tell you that. She said, all oh, the silver's gone. I said, the silver's gone. And she said, yes. And, and 
all of the silver that was on the wire, coating the wire, it just disappeared. And she, oh, that's what I was looking at was a copper wire. So I tell Walt about this. So that's when he'd say, you know, because I tell him something, then he figures out a way to test what I've said. And so he takes some Shungite raw nuggets and put them in colloidal silver. Well, the next morning he comes out and all of the silver's out of the solution. So he pulls out the nuggets and he can see a slight gleam, silvery thing to it. So he tried to scrape it off, figuring it was a coating. But no, it was actually it penetrated the shungite and was that's why we call it shungite saturated. You know, the uh, silver saturated shungite because it just keeps building up on the outside until it's sort of like. I don't even know if it stops, but it keeps going in. You can't rub it off. You can't. It's, it's part now integral to the shungite. So when he did that and he sent it to me, he sent me some of these things and I had one of the silver saturated ones in my hand and uh, a raw one. I wanted to test out the difference and it was like, wow, there's a real difference between these two. And what I did was then I took the phone because I, I knew something was missing with the phone and I just put this silver saturated one on it and I the phone went <laughs> it tripped. And so now I'm going like what why would why would the silver be what what was needed? So I sat back and I got you know quiet with it and asked the question and I sat there and waited for the answer. And what I saw was a little video in my head because I knew that Shungite opened the quantum door. Okay, but it pulsed. Open, shut, open, shut, open, shut. And then when I had the silver, that door opened up and stayed open. So I tell this to Walt, and Walt says, oh, well, you're dealing with a different signal. And I went, okay, explain that. And he said, well, electromagnetic energy that we've been dealing with is a sine wave, which is up and down, you know, the, the bell thingy that everybody knows about. Okay, so I said, yes. And I said, oh, my God, the, the phone is not a sine wave. He said, no, it's a square wave. I said, right. So the square wave is instead of the sine wave, it goes up and straight across and then down again. That's why they call it a square wave. But the square wave is fundamentally more complicated uh, structurally than uh, a sine wave. So when the raw Shungite field opened the quantum door, it hit that sine wave, boom, and immediately the sine wave reverses its spin. But if you hit the square wave, boom, right? Well, it starts to try to change its spin, but then the door shuts and it pops back up as a sine wave. It doesn't make the full, you know, turnaround, let's put it that way. But when the silver's there, it hits it and it stays open. The door stays open, so it never gives it the time to, to, to bounce back. And after a few nanoseconds of boom, boom, it turns. So that made all the difference in the phones. That in this in Wi-Fi and and the 
let's say the higher technology and the square waves and other things that are involved in it. But then we went to try to fix to turn the smart meter, and because um, I knew the raw wasn't, I already tried it. Uh, it's turning the smart meters. So I go out with the 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 new stuff. Well, to make a long story short. He ended up sending me a half a dozen different versions of the smart meter sticker, what become, became the smart meter sticker, because we had to use a certain amount of raw, a certain amount of silver, and then a certain amount of the mix, and then we still weren't getting it to trip, you know, like to reverse. And so he says to me, could it be geometry? And I said, well, let's try it. Let's let's try the basic one, you know, uh, uh three piles so you make a triangle when you put it down and that's what we did and as soon as i was six feet away from it when it tripped i was walking up to it and then all of a sudden it, boom, and everything shifted and i was like whoa and uh so what derek did was he took that super duper smart sticker and then he put it into the scalar system now what kind of programming he did when he does that i'm not sure but I got to tell you, that's one heck of a sticker. <laughs> um, you guys seem to like it, too. Sorry oh, about yeah. that. I, I, when I was up there in his store, I actually held it and compared it with the uh, pendant, the C60 pendant. And, oh, yeah. Um, very similar energies, but I think... Um, the, the sticker was a little bit more soothing. So the, the pendant was very strong, high energy, but also kind of loving and calming, whatever. Like I um, had a throat chakra issue and I was coughing um, and it instantly, as soon as I grabbed it, it, it just cleared it up. And, and now I, I wear that every so often. Um, just cause ever since COVID hit, I've, I've had an issue there <laughs> and it could be psychological that, you know, I'm trying not to cough <laughs> to freak people out, but, um, yeah. Oh, I see what you mean. I was real confused as to what you were saying, but yeah, I can understand that. Don't <laughs> cough in public. I know. It's like, fart all you want. You can fart forever, but don't cough. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Uh. <laughs> So, um, yeah, so different but similar energies of those two different devices. Um, but I highly recommend the sticker, um, especially if, you know, your energy needs any sort of soothing to it, which, let's face it, we all do. We all have stuff. <laughs> well, we, we get stuff from other people, too. It's not just our own stuff. You know. That's true. That's true. <laughs> so, okay. So, Mark, what else? Um, wanted to promote uh, Yasmin's uh, business, TheReikiAccountant.com. Uh, my aunt um, has has had a medical situation overseas, and so we've, she had to go back on oxygen. Um, and uh, um, Yasmin was helping before. But uh, it's because she was off the scaler and, and the Reiki. So now um, she's back on. Uh, so this was like 
after when she got off the the uh, Reiki inhaler, then she had to go back on oxygen. Not like right after, but you know. So now that uh, she's she's back on, we had to get her back on the uh, um, program. So uh, um, yeah, she's getting good reviews. And then there's a recent one too, where um, I think maybe Nancy can add that uh, her uh, um, Yasmin's program is uh, pretty soothing compared to others. Like it's a smooth um, approach. Like like it has a personal touch to it. I can definitely um, uh, agree to that that uh, review. Uh, what do you think, Nancy? Yeah, like I was telling you, I was trying to kind of differentiate between. The, okay, so Walt and Yasmin and Derek are all using the spooky tube, and Walt and Derek are using the Rife machine with the spooky tube, but you are not. Is that correct, Yasmin? No, I'm. I'm using Reiki. And I'm actually, I'm getting into people's energy fields and whatever I feel, whatever comes to me, um, that's what I, I address. So um, it, it can be a little intense on my side sometimes, <laughs> but um, it seems to be working and helping people. And I just need to be mindful and keep myself clear and it, well, what I what I explained to to uh, Mark was that in 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 their case, in both Derek's and Walt's, okay, you got a a computer that, in addition to the carrier's scalar wave that's being produced by the Spooky Two, you have a computer that's putting in a, a frequency, a modulated frequency that has been found to affect like uh, glucose levels, immune systems, you know, all the different ones. There's like thousands and thousands of them that are associated with the Rife machine, R-I-F-E. And that's from Raymond Rife, who basically was able to show that you can heal with energy. So that's where it is. But it's, it's all these frequencies for everything that you can eat possible. And sometimes... One disease will have a number of different options. But the key here is that you've got a computer that's putting those frequencies into the scalar. In Yasmin's case, she's putting in Reiki energy and her own energies beyond Reiki. I mean, everybody's got their own. Plus, she'll put in, you know, this, that, and the other thing. You know, now it's not that the guys aren't doing that too. You know, I don't want you to think that one is better than the other. It's just the delivery system, the way it's coming in. Theirs has a, would that use the word sharpness to it? Whereas yours, it's all smooth and human. There's a human, completely a human being putting in the frequencies. And it definitely is a different experience. Well, and I'm also a girl. <laughs> and you're also a girl. Absolutely. Absolutely. So there's going to be different energy just from that alone. And I think, um, you know, definitely not to discount what they're doing. I mean, they're probably being very um, 
the, the machine and the equipment of the Rife is probably doing a very good job of pinpointing um, um, like a lot of physical type ailments. But like a lot of the testimonials I've been getting from my sessions, um, a lot of people are getting some really deep emotional healing. So um, just a different tactic, you know, I, I think they're both valid and credible. It's just different. <laughs> yes. And I, I, th I think it's like, uh, it's like Shungite, you know, you don't have to just limit yourself to one experience with Scalar because they're all different. And I, I won't say that one is better than the other. I mean, it's just it's just a, a feeling you get. So when I have to make a decision as to what who who would I introduce somebody that is not really understanding any of this, <laughs> you know, I would point them to Yasmin because she's gonna they may not even feel her as much as they would the others. But she's she's going to give them. Uh, she's. I just feel that 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 they're going to be more comfortable in her energy as a way to start out at least, you know. And she might fix everything so you don't need anything else. But the way that these others are set up, it's very very tuned to what a problem is, you know. Oh, let's go after that cancer cell. What it, what kind of a cancer cell? You know, and the computer has that ability to do it. It's still, you know, it's like it's like the best surgeon in the world, the one you want operating on you. He's a son of a bitch, you know. But you you want him because he's just cur You know, you know how they are. I'm the, I know everything, and you know, just they they walk <laughs> everything about. Him. You want that guy operating on you, you know. Uh, but on the other side of it, if you just want nurturing, you want a doctor that you feel comfortable with, that you can talk with, you know, um, because remember when you go in and you're dealing with a doctor or any kind of practitioner like that, bring in your guides to help them help you. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I just want to point out, Nancy, I the whole money thing was kind of bothering me because you know i feel very strongly that i don't want to take money from somebody that's not going to benefit from anything i give them so i just put out a general intention out there in the world and i'm reiterating it right now on radio that um Anybody who will not receive benefit from my service will not be drawn to me. So there we have it. End of story. <laughs> I can still pay the website bills and all that. Um, and uh, know that my service will be of benefit to someone if they feel drawn to reach out to me. So Excellent. Excellent. Now, Derek has set up a, a very interesting program I'll put it that way um because he, he's got the the, the uh scalar uh equipment right so he what he's doing now and you can go sign up to it oh I got that where do I have his I'll put it in chat I'll get it in chat in a second um he's got a new program there where you can sign up 
and you put in your name and your birthday, I believe it is, and you can sign up for weekly sessions. And what it is, they're free. This is all free. What it is, is that and I don't even remember what the time frame is. Um, I think this week it's a, the immune system. So you sign up for this thing and the entire group of people are given the same signal, you know, an immune boost signal for however long he's got it up for. It's all free. So then next week it'll be something else and the next week something else. So you can actually choose to participate in this program. And of course, it's not specific to you. It's specific to the group. All right, we're going to give you an immune boost now. We're going to give you, I don't know, nutrient boost now. You're going to, whatever it is that they're going to do, you can participate in that. And you can, you can, you can actually um, ask that the program doesn't just affect you. It affects your, you, your pets, and everybody around you, or make it your property. You can say, no, I want everything in my property to get this, feel this energy. So um, it's a way of introducing people to, to scale their energy without the, the concept of the money can get in the way, you know? Oh, no, I don't think I feel anything, you know? I mean, how, how, do, you, how do you make a judgment on that? So he, he kind of ran into the same thing, you know? How do, I, how do I get people to wake up to how powerful a healing modality this is? Well, let them experience it. And so you, all you have to do is sign up. I, I haven't, well, he just put me in it. I mean, you know. Well, but, Nancy, just to kind of piggyback off of that, I'll say, you know, sometimes you actually won't feel a thing, um, but that doesn't mean it's not working and it won't kick in later or that there's an emotional aspect that it's working on. And I know for myself personally, um, and we, we can talk a little bit later about the vibe machine that I've been doing, um, but I didn't realize there was there's a situation in my life right now and it just um it was kind of it wasn't draining my energy but it it was let's just say it was keeping me from being a racehorse and bolting out there into the world <laughs> and i it was my perspective on the situation and just last uh yeah last night i i got a second treatment and my total perspective just completely shifted. And that was all I needed. It was like, oh, okay, no big deal. Uh, this is what I need to do to deal with it. And I can move on and not, it, I mean, it wasn't really tugging at me, but it, it was kind of a distraction from my mission. And um, yeah, I feel great. <laughs> now you're talking about this new old thing, right? Yeah, a new old okay. thing. An yeah. Anti- <laughs> yeah, tell us tell us about it. Yeah, so uh the friend of mine who I gave who was vaccinated and I gave that Shungate sticker to to put on her phone and then all of a sudden I just saw her world just completely open up and she got 
she's now ordering stuff from mystical wares and she's getting into all this stuff. Well, she actually has a friend who's an energy healer and I, I don't know how to pronounce it. It's, um, it's Jin, Jin Yusu or something. I, I don't know a whole lot about it, but anyway, she, um, she basically, she can take your pulse, um, and she's been doing this before and after our treatments um, to kind of read the energy in our body and um, how balanced it is. And she inherited this old, um, it's a device that incorporates, I think it's like five different technologies. So it's not just scalar, it's also rife, Slim Sperling and a couple of others. I don't know. I Bob could tell you more because he actually researched it because <laughs> it wasn't running when she got it. And so we kind of helped her to get it ready and got her in contact with the company that's still producing these devices. And so she got it running. And so we decided to go over there for some treatments. And um I, I will say, I, I don't know if I would recommend this machine for everyone. Um, Bob didn't care for it. It wasn't that he felt it was negative or anything, but he felt like the energy was a bit scattered. And I was probably the only one there that was wearing Shungite. I had my pendant and I had a bracelet on. Um, I had Walt's uh, water turtle in my purse. <laughs> And I was also running Reiki energy. So, you know, when I channel in the Reiki energy, that helps to kind of structure it and the energy, the healing energy goes where it's most needed. So Bob felt that it was too broad and scattered, but I wasn't running Reiki on him. I was running it on myself and I've just had this incredible energy boost and you know, I feel all tingly after a session and um, they're only four minutes long and it kind of cycles. Um, and then uh, the energy healer, she's been taking readings before and after and all of us had improvements in our energy levels after just a four minute session. So yeah, it's kind of fun. And, and I'm the type of person I'm kind of, um, adventurous that way and I don't mind using myself as a guinea pig so <laughs> sometimes sometimes it works out really well and sometimes not so much but um I'm here for the journey <laughs> as we all are over yeah and in all all of the cases we're talking about the three cases we're talking about shungite is being used with these devices and it's, you know, I mean, not the one that she's just mentioned, but <clears throat> maybe you should put a sticker on it or something. Yeah, I, I think I might. <laughs> you know, I, I personally would use the scalar one. And you could try, you know, take, you probably got three, well, I don't know, the Bucky Band-Aid, not so much. But um, you could just lay it on top of it and see if you feel a change. Yeah. You know, see which one works better. Yeah. Might not need the super sticker. It's a scalar unit after all. <laughs> uh, right, right. But, um, yeah, so that that's why why we, we talk about, you know, 
this type of thing because shungite led us to well shungite's probably well i'm sure it is it's using scalar energy i don't know right now at this point in the game you know what anything i think everything runs on scalar in one way or another <clears throat> now if you're interested in in what's called radionic type of work which is what we're doing here um the last was yeah it was last week's uh, shungite show we had tom palladino on and he's been running uh using well he's been studying scalar for 40 years including tesla and some of the other scientists we've already mentioned and he came on the, the cosmic reality show and we had a, just an amazing conversation but um i i, I he's, he's very well known he's got million people following him I don't know why he contacted us. You know, his representative contacted us and asked if he could be interviewed. Yeah, yeah, sure, <laughs> we'll do that. You know, <clears throat> so we did. It was a great, great conversation. He uses something else other than the spooky too, but we only had him on for an hour, so I'm, I can't even tell you, you know, what what's different there. But he um, he has a, a solarlight.com. You can go there and you can learn about what he's doing. I'm also participating in his uh, his program. And that is, <clears throat> again, has the computer element to it. So it's kind of computer type of signal, you know. Um, and myself and all the animals are being subjected to and this is short duration. I didn't look at all of the specifications, but it's not for a whole day or whatever. They just give you a a, a tune-up, let's say. Okay, so boom, you know, and you get it. Um, that's another option to experience scalar. But like I say, right now, because when when you, you can get a free session with him for 15 days, um, and you can experience that, but to me right now if i was going to go into it and i was new i would work with with what derek's trying to do because he, it's a group thing you know and i'm sure that people are going to report back what they're feeling about the different types of energies so you'll probably be able to learn more participate more in um what the program that that Derek's put together than just going because you might not even feel anything. You know, every day they, they send me a, an email that says today, like day before yesterday, it was immune boost. And I don't see the email until after I've gotten up. So I'm up and I'm going like, oh, I feel really good today, you know, and it was like, kind of joyful and happy and hey, nice nice day you know then i read what they sent and they said that you know a lot of, most people will tell you that they feel really good and joyful and exactly what i was feeling so i said oh this is fun so the next day i wake up and i'm grumpy and i'm going like why am i grumpy <laughs> you know I get up and the, i don't know a couple of hours later i look at the email that says what they had sent out and they had sent out a signal to adjust glucose, you know, the glucose levels in your body, your, your, your insulin, you know, that, that system, they were working on that. And it's like I told Mark, I said, Mark, 
if if your glucose drops or goes high, in both cases, you end up being grumpy. You don't feel good. You know, so <clears throat> when I got hit with the, the, the scaler, it's very likely that it kind of like put you up and down and up and down until it got to a, a resonating frequency that said, no, this is the balance. And I might have been like a yo-yo up and down, you know, and the effect on me in my interpretation is I felt grumpy. So again, even though I couldn't tell you, oh yeah, I felt the weight, I, I was sleeping probably. Um, the reaction that I'm getting off of, you know, without knowing in, in, beforehand what they've done, kind of the, the reaction I'm having matches what they tell me that they did. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, hmm. it, it, it's interesting to compare, you know, the, the, these different kinds of tools to use and how, I mean, everybody's going to respond differently. So um, definitely benefit. Wanted to. Uh, well, before we leave this, I just wanted to say that, you know, we've talked about, especially Radio 5G, about the dangers of the electromagnetic technological system that they built around us. We could take that system and you could put this kind of energy through that system and keep your population continually healthy. You know, if you were a benevolent <laughs> society. So it, it's, you know, all of this is just amazing. And it's so old. I mean, the stories we could tell you about how old this treatments are and how hard the AMA and the government have tried to keep this science quiet because the AMA wants you all on drugs and because the government doesn't want people to know that uh, you can be healed by energy because the very same technology that allows people to be healed by energy allows for people to be controlled by energy or killed by energy. So it's a two-edged edge sword when you start to get into this area because you got people that don't want you to know it and then we got people that want you to know it so right now the want you to know it's they're winning more and more i mean we think maybe that med bed that they talk about is scalar it has to be yeah i don't see what else it could be but going back to what you were saying earlier about how different people respond differently um so i think it's also important that people keep in mind that they might have some detox symptoms i mean um just because this isn't a pill that you're taking doesn't mean that um it can't have a profound effect on your body's chemistry um we we know from a healing perspective that um the body is capable through just thought and emotions alone, you can produce chemicals in your body that, you know, can either heal or hurt it. And um, certainly these frequencies, which we are exposing ourselves to, whether they be benign or um, not so benign, <laughs> in the case of 5G, um, those are going to have an effect on our thoughts and our emotions, which in turn can create all sorts of stuff in our bodies and chemicals that have a physical reaction. And so, um, you know, that that's where I've always had the perspective of, 
you know, I, I really don't think anything's um, too late until you stop breathing. And even then, maybe not. <laughs> you get them quick enough. <laughs> um, but but you got to have the right mindset. And uh, you've got to be willing to support your healing journey. And um, so some people aren't ready. Some people don't want to let go of their quote unquote shit. So <laughs> there's that too. So just wanted to get that in. No, that's good to, you know, remind me. <laughs> Yeah, if they were playing around with because today I look crappy. I feel okay, but I looked in the mirror and I went, "You look terrible." <laughs> You're you probably detoxing. <laughs> yeah, probably detoxing. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, okay, Mark. So we're next. We got a good um, Paladino testimony from uh, Infinite in in the um, chat room. That uh, she's on the sixth day of the free trial of the scaler, feeling great. Um, been waking up at 6 a.m. going to watch the dog at sun. Wait, watch the sunrise and walk the dog. Yeah. Um, we still got to get her on the show. I think she'll be good. Um, share a lot of good uh, audio, personal testimonies on Shanghai and the various things we talk about on the show. So one of these weeks we'll get her on. Well, would she like to come on right now? <laughs> Good question. Yeah. Well, keep an eye on chat. Well, yeah. no. Since actually, we have an opening. <laughs> well, we'd have to know what her Skype is. Ah, uh, okay. I don't ever, I don't ever, you know, linked up to Skype. But Infinity, if you want to do this, because <clears throat> over the years I have asked many chatters, do you want to come on? And except for Nick and you, <laughs> you guys, you know, it's like, no, sorry. Are you kidding me? We're the only sorry. ones? Huh? You're kidding. We're the only ones that said yes? Um, and Ray did, Ray Flores uh, did. Oh. And I'm trying to think of, well, the people that are on the station, you know, probably first interacted at the, at the uh, chat level. She's saying, sorry, no. <laughs> She's too scared. <laughs> and I think that's what puts people off. You know, yeah, they've got a lot of things to say, but they're kind of, you know, I don't think I want to do this. Uh, okay, I just want to say this right now. I, most of my life, I was a very timid, introverted person, and I was very scared my first show on the station, but it gets easier. <laughs> and now I just have a ton of fun with you guys. <laughs> yeah, it's, it, you, you forget, well, we don't now, but, you know, sometimes you just forget you're even on radio, which has gotten me in trouble before. <laughs> oh, oh geez you know um but it it uh i mean i remember the first times i was you know when i started out yeah you're nervous you know you're talking to the world out there but when you get into it it's like to me it's like oh i gotta sit down and i gotta talk to all these great people you know i talk at them i suppose but i talk with you guys and the chatters they they come back to it. i mean it's just i i love it 
you know, this is my life. And um, <clears throat> yeah, you'll be a little scared, but not for very long. As soon as you get on and you start doing it, you kind of like get into it. You won't, you're fine. Anybody out there that's a chatter that really wants to take, you know, I, I'd like to try it. I mean, some people know they don't like it. You know, they just can't get over the, uh, and some people freeze up when they're on radio. Yeah, that's true. I, I think the worst part about it for me was getting over um, listening to the sound of my recorded voice because it sounds very different than when you're actually talking and you hear it. So uh, what, once I got over that part, I'm like, oh, okay, I sound like a completely different person, but okay. <laughs> now, Mark was real nervous. Mark, I, I watched Mark, uh, Mark, when you first got on, you know, you had um, little tells, you know, kept clearing your throat. Uh, it was something else you were doing. And, uh, you know, uh, it, it, it was like you had a stiffness to you, but it didn't take very long before you just got into the flow of it. And, you know, I don't think you have any hesitation doing radio now, do you? No, I still do, but um, do you? Yeah, uh, I mean, I mean, has it hesitation as in just um, not completely comfortable? Uh, but no, I'm I'm cool with helping um, you know the shows and 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 uh, you know you, uh, Derek, with with anything. That, um, that's why I'm here. So um, and, and yeah, that, well, I think that, great on Radio Five G. I mean, you know, you don't seem. Of course, you're not. You're recording. You're not in front of the live audience, but still, uh, yeah, you seem completely relaxed, and you go with the flow. And a lot of people can't converse. Mm, you know, that's a good it's point. Like, that's, that's one true. of the. I yeah. got away from doing uh, interviews with people very early in the game, because somebody would come on, and well, even Tom, I had to laugh when Tom got started up. He was in that uh, performance mode, you know, yeah. well, and he starts, blah, 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 you know, and then I asked him his first question. And suddenly he was out of that mode and into a conversational mode. Oh, wait a minute. This person, I don't have to. What are the, what are they? What are what are they saying? You know, and um, when you get somebody who can drop that you know canned speech kind of thing and start to really communicate back and forth and back and forth wow that's where the magic happens yeah because nancy i've done public speaking before and it, it's completely different it's i mean you got to be prepared with all your bullet points and you're just doing a presentation and there might be some q a afterwards but it's completely different from having a conversation where you're bantering back and forth and the other person might bring something up that you know nothing about and you got to kind of know how to work around that. <laughs> well, see that that's, that's the difference. That's the difference between like me. Okay. And other people is that I want to know what, you know, so I ask questions and a lot of people, they come into these things and they, they feel that if they have to ask a question, that indicates that they don't know something. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and the, oh, people are funny. You know, it's like, 
I don't know that it's so much ego or what. Maybe it's because I'm I'm so secure in my own skin, but I really, really want to know what the other person knows. You know, and a lot of times I'll ask a question that I know the answer to. But I know that that question opens up a doorway of communication. So, um, yeah, it's anybody out there that feels like they'd like to come on. Dolly actually started out in the chat room, you know, decades ago. <laughs> and and uh, one day Dave Corso just said, you know, come on the radio. And she never got off, <laughs> basically. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, it's a uh, it's a fun game. It uh, is. You'll never uh, get me to shut up now. <laughs> <laughs> yep, 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 yep. So, um, did I interrupt you there, uh, Mark? Were you about to go someplace? No, no. Uh, I I thought Yasmin was on a roll with something. So did I interrupt Yasmin? It seemed like I interrupted somebody. <laughs> I said my piece I, or, or I forgot what I was talking about <laughs> that happens too live on radio <laughs> oh it was that that old school scalar device right oh yeah yeah and I shoot I don't have the photos to post um but yeah it's it's actually quite a beautiful looking machine so um but I, I I think I, I think Walt doused and um, for if it was appropriate for, to put his mom on it and got a no and uh, Dolly didn't want to go on it either. Um, and then Bob, Bob, like I said, he, he felt the energy was too scattered. Um, but I'm going to bring I'm supposed to go there again this afternoon. And so I'm going to bring a sticker. And I'll probably just give it to her if, you know, it feels if she wants it. Um, but we'll just lay it on the unit and uh, see if that makes a difference. But, you know, I, I Reiki is so powerful. It, it kind of writes the ship. <laughs> so if it, anything's kind of wonky, it'll, um, it'll sort that all out. Um, and it'll send energy to where it's needed most. Um, so I, I think by running the Reiki when I was doing that uh, definitely had an effect and why I had such a positive experience as opposed to Bob who just felt like it made them all scattered. <laughs> um, so if he, if he goes back with me, I'll, I'll well, put yeah. in the Reiki bubble. <laughs> You know, before you do a Reiki bubble, he doesn't wear a Shungite pendant. You didn't have Shungite on him. Oh God! Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I, you know, I have the sticker on his phone. That's about the best I can do. Um, he he won't. I mean, he has a necklace he likes to wear, but it's not Shungite. So I'm thinking of maybe stringing some beads on it or something. Um, you know, he just doesn't like to carry a lot of stuff and, um, and he, you know, he won't sit still long enough for me to do my healing on him. <laughs> so, you know, um, 
he's just kind of go, go, go. But, you know, that was part of the reason why I did buy the scalar device, because that we can just set up on either either side of our bed on the nightstands and I can just run that all night and it's not interfering with his world. Um, and then he, he's fine and he seems to be sleeping really well um, when I do run it for him. But of course now um, it, everybody wants a session, so he doesn't get as much scalar, unfortunately, but uh, yeah. <laughs> what about Derek's, um, he has all sorts of choices for Shungite um, bracelets. Those are, you could take them on and off in half a second, you know? Yeah, I'll see if I can get a bracelet on him. Um, he's not opposed to wearing necklaces and rings. Um, he's never worn a bracelet, but I, I might just force them to wear one anyway, because honestly, his his health isn't the best, and he, he could really benefit from all this stuff. He's just... He's a stubborn old man. <laughs> well, you know, you can, he, but but he likes to he, he likes to uh, you know experiment with things. So bring over uh, some raw nuggets. Get the Shanghai silver. You must have one of the pendants or whatever piece yeah. of it, and um, say, okay, we do we do an experiment with us, you know, and then get you let him without the Shanghai start feeling the wave. And then pick up one of them and say, does that make a difference? Yes, no, yes, no. You know, pick up the other one until you can see, does it need the silver saturated to be able to be effective? Or do you just need the raw nuggets? You could even do it with the uh, stickers, too. Just hand yeah. them different things, the magnet. You know, what are you feeling? Because if he's, if, he, if he's feeling enough to realize that he didn't really like this, like it then, you know, maybe he is the person that you want to, you know, just step him through it. Yeah, and in the past, he's never been super energetically sensitive. So it was really hard to, I mean, I've been chasing him around with crystals for years, Nancy. <laughs> um, and, and he just doesn't buy into it. But um, he he sees how much I've benefited. And of course, there's Shungite all over this house. So when he's here, he's fine, but um, he, he's just not always here. So, yeah, um, for I mean, the, the reason why I was recommending uh, the bracelets is because I don't like stuff on me, even putting necklaces. I feel like it's a small chore. What I like about the bracelet, that's why I have two. Um, you got the cosmic silver one and the tiger's eye shungite is it's like a rubber band you, it's easy to slip on and off i need to wash hands and there's a thing about getting it wet uh from washing hands but it, it just half a say it's like a rubber band you know so that's why i'm recommending that rather than a necklace uh and it, it's not like it gets in the way either i could always put it as like in in my foot or like like on the ankle so there's that too oh okay yeah. yeah and that's a good idea mark because he actually really does like tiger's eye stone it's a good um it's a good stone for men because it's has all that masculine strong energy so i think i could probably get him to wear one of those <laughs> okay we're at the top of the hour so let's take a little break and we'll be right back Oh. 
And welcome to Shanghai Reality, back on the second hour, June 21, 2022. My name is Nancy Hopkins. With me is Mark Joseph and Yasmin West. We're not sure where Walt is. Um, today is a solstice, so why don't you two kind of like tell me what you're thinking about the solstice? Uh, Mark, did you want to go first? No, you can go. Okay. Um, well, last night um, I celebrated by dancing around the eagle with a little rain dance because <laughs> um, uh, here in California we're starting to get to that point where we're not going to see rain for a very long time, um, typically a few months, uh, you know, November maybe. Um, has been the pattern in past years, 
But um, I decided I wanted to change up that reality and uh, do something about it. So for a few weeks now, I've actually been thinking about, well, let, let's have the very first rainy summer in California. Um, and so over the weekend, Bob and I, we were just relaxing, recharging our batteries and uh a song came up on Pandora, um, you know, divine intervention there again, synchronicities. And we just looked at each other and we're like, oh, this is actually perfect. This is the perfect song. We can start playing it for the eagle and serenading the eagle. And so uh, the name of the song is Rain in the Summertime by The Alarm. And I am going to pop that right now in chat for everyone. And so I've, you know, just been playing this song on repeat and uh, singing the chorus line to the eagle and just having a good time and raising the vibe over here and raising my vibe with the vibe machine and <laughs> trying to make it all happen. So that's what I did for solstice. And it's also a very high energy time of the year. Um, it's where we, our days are the longest and you got that intense, strong sun energy. So uh, great for manifestation. So go ahead, Mark. Yeah, we were going back and forth in the Facebook Shungai group about making a, what do you call it? Um, uh, rain uh, playlist. So I was going over the songs in my head. And so garbage has a cool, uh, only happy when it rains. Um, and then I know there's a Metallica version of that, an acoustic one, which was cool. Um, and then, so like rain, and then there's the R A I N, and there's the R E I G N. And then, of course, you can always put an S4 sticker on the thing that you're playing music out of phone or what have you, laptop, uh, speaker. Um, you know, recommend usually S4, but I think even a uh, buckyball sticker works too from, from mysticalwares.com. Um, for my own theatrics, I guess, is, is, uh, Slayer's Rain and Blood. <laughs> so, um, but as far as the, uh, uh, solstice today, um, I like that, um, the sun's out longer and, and I've been big in biohacking and, and, and being in the sun is, uh, a big thing for me. So, you know, time for being on the pool hikes, different outdoor festivals, you know, fun, fun stuff and, and getting your, Vitamin D, that's critical to these past couple, um, you know, uh, pandemic lockdown kind of things. So vitamin D has been a big theme lately and more health conscious people. Um, but yeah, uh, first official day of uh, summer, is it? And I mean, over here, uh, West Coast, we got sunset. Like, it's like, like eight, eight o'clock or eight thirty, close to nine p.m. the sunset. So it's pretty. Yeah, pretty late as opposed to like winter, which is what, 4.30 p.m., 5? I don't yeah, know can... mm -hmm. big difference. <laughs> That's one of the things I do love about summer is uh, how late the sun goes down. Um, and uh, we, you know, I will say we've been doing a pretty good job with the eagle um, as far as temperatures. Um, Usually up here in Sacramento, I mean, 
Oh boy, today it's forecasted <laughs> a nice cozy 105 degrees over here. <laughs> you get a little bit more relief, uh, Mark, but um, we've been doing a pretty good job of keeping those temperatures down because usually, um, especially the past couple of years, it's been climbing up to the hundreds, um, you know, mid, mid to late May. And uh, we've been getting definitely cooler temperatures. Um, and uh, here we are mid, mid um, June and we only had, I think we had one little three or four day heat wave where we were in excess of 100 degrees up here in the Sacramento area. But um, normally it's uh, by May, um, things are starting to dry out, you know, they're already pumping the fear porn about the fire season and you know, this year I just decided I'm not having it. <laughs> so, um, yeah, uh, definitely keep the rain going, keep the spigot going. Um, what I saw when driving up to Mystic Loire's up in Mount Shasta, you know, it, it was, uh, it was not good, but I'm not going to let that get me down because I know it can all be changed in an instant. And uh, I think everyone here listening to the show knows that on some level, and we just need to put it into practice. Um, practice is the key. So that's all. Yeah, we got Nancy putting up uh, scalarlight.com in the chat. And um, that's a really good show. People should go to uh, the cosmicreality.com archives and listen to, you know, because Walt is the, the big advanced Shanghai sciences guy. and and the big talk was uh, the Shuria 5D Sun uh, Shungite resonator being sent to Chernobyl and, and how it's working there. And um, then having Tom Palladino, and I, I've followed him for years, listened to hours upon hours of his podcast, um, MP3s, when that was going on a while ago. I don't know if it's still up. Um, but now he's exposed to Shungite and lives in Florida. So um he's getting some of that his way and 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 that's just another way of uh, uh life force or even because tom considers um scalar and uh life force to be the same thing so knowing that um yeah. ah <laughs> knowing that uh um because I, I consider shungat the infinity stone like in in, in the marvel movies that that has an endless energy loop in it and that could be used towards, you know, what, what Tom's doing. So, um, yeah, Nancy, I don't know if you, if you want to add to that. Tom being exposed to Shungai, that was, that's a good, you know, bridge over to, to this world. Right. Right. Um, what happened with that sound was that I was pulling up, um, the Tom show on cosmic reality that I've just put in chat. Um, so you can go, that's, that's the download. Um, you can go to the archive itself if you want to see the picture or whatever, but you can listen to it. And he comes in in the last hour, but the, the first hour we did talk about scalar also. Um, but Tom's in that last hour of what I just posted. So, um, yeah. And don't forget that I've also put up the, uh, link to, to Derek's, uh, scalar program and that i think is going to be very interesting because all we can do is to throw it out there and let people 
Okay, well, Dolly says, she, I text Walt asking if they are okay. Um, yeah, I know what you're saying. You know, he, he doesn't show up, and then we kind of worry about him, and then it's like, oh, I forgot, or oh, I had to go to the store. <laughs> uh, but I'm sure he's okay. He, he lives in a different reality than us, that's all. <laughs> you know, I, I've thought about the fact that he's not very energy or he, he doesn't think he's very energy sensitive and i suspect he's not because i don't know how he would live in all the energy stuff that he does <laughs> if he was really energy sensitive you know what i'm saying that's a good point <laughs> he'd, he'd probably be fried <laughs> well you know he 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 was doing studying other people about neurology uh, he could list, he lists them, you know, he's been doing all this self, self-educating himself. And in my case, I didn't listen to anybody because I didn't know there was anybody else out there. Right? I wasn't going to libraries and books and, you know, that type of thing. I just was taking directions from the spirit world, the woo-woo world. And I did some unbelievable, of course, I was into minerals. I had a tremendous number of different types and I was into pyramid power years and years, decades ago. So I was started playing with these energy things. And I had this very intricate, it was, uh, you know, the Giza type of pyramid. And then there was a slab of quartz. You know, I mean, I'm talking like it was over a foot long and about eight inches wide. And, you know, and then under, because every time you have a pyramid, you also have a, a a reflection that is like the other side of it, like, you know, the Giza, the, underneath it, there's an, an energetic duplicate of the pyramid, but it's underground. And so you always have that. And uh, so I was also working with that in that the whole thing was on a table and underneath it, there was like this huge ruby and stuff. I mean, the, the sucker was just one immense energy field. Not that I knew what I was doing. I'm playing, right? But I... And it was in a gazebo and we used to, we had the gazebo out there because we used to get together and have, you know, classes or just talk, whatever. So <laughs> the, uh, my friend Peter comes over and uh, he walks into the gazebo and I'm, as, a, as we're walking into it, I'm talking to him and he walked right up to it and he put his hand in the middle of this pyramid as I'm saying, I wouldn't do that, Peter. And he put his hand in there. And then it was like he went into slow motion and he kind of like just started leaning backwards until I had to, to catch him. And he's twice my size, you know, and he was like, holy crap. And I mean, I had to get him away from this thing. And it took him over an hour and a half to re-stabilize. <laughs> so, you know, and another time I was doing, oh, this was this one was so cool. Um, I was, we were essentially, it was me and him again. I was always dragging him into these experiments and it was a, a, a tube of copper full of nectar powder, which is a long story, but full of nectar powder. And it had a, a coil of copper going up it. So I had one end of the copper and then I had, you know, at the bottom of it, and then I had another piece of the copper, you know, and it, we're just talking copper wire, fairly thick. And that was sticking out at the top of this thing. And I had a seed battery. And I hit the seed battery with the 
with the bottom piece. And I was trying to demonstrate anti-gravitation. And I'd read about something that they'd done over in Poland. And I said, I wonder how that worked. And all of a sudden, I start getting this information. And so Peter would take a crystal, because I'm holding on to the end of it on the battery. Peter would take a crystal and hold it on the wire that's up above this thing. And I'm talking about a, maybe a an inch long pointed quartz crystal, small thing, right? And he just hold it on there. And then when he let it go, just raised his fingers off of it. The sucker would take off for about a foot before it would lose the charge and go down. And we were having just a great time at doing this, you know? And while he was holding, while he was holding the uh, the crystal on the wire, because we kept doing it, you know, I mean, we were just having a grand time. While he was doing that, the dog came up to him and he unconsciously reached over and touched the dog. The dog jumped back, squealed, and never would come near Peter again. And I felt terrible about that because they loved each other. But the dog, whatever the dog felt off of what Peter was doing, you know, scared the crap out of him. And, um, but right after that, I accidentally hit the battery with my elbow or my hand. I don't even remember what, but all of a sudden I'm getting burned and I look down and this, this battery was like twice the size. <laughs> it was about to explode. Oh, Peter, I think we better get away from this. <laughs> you know, so I was very lucky that I didn't hurt somebody, myself or Peter, <laughs> but, um, yeah, there. So anyway, um, so I went into this stuff like you know just listening to things. But Walt's been studying different people and 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 you know all the intricacies that they bring to the table. So I I sometimes think about some of the things he must have made that you know it's a good thing Peter wasn't around. <laughs> <Put his hand. laughs> yeah. Oh God. Anyway, yeah, you're, uh, you're a little like me, Nancy, where where you just start playing around with stuff without fully knowing what you're getting yourself into. <laughs> I had no idea, but I was also protected. Yeah, and it's more fun that way. Let's be honest. <laughs> I mean, the one the one that was just like you know super shocking, and I I tell, I tell these stories. I just keep telling you the same stories and running out of stories. Um, but I was working at the condominium, and I walk into the boiler room, and there's this pipe it's a four inch copper pipe solid copper and it's about three and a half four feet i think it's more like four feet tall and i hear take it and i go take it i ain't taking it it's just laying there and all night long for eight hours take it take it take it so in the, in the i said well i can bring it back so i took it and i get home and i'm getting out of the car and i hear take it jeez <laughs> oh, okay all right okay so i take it out of the back of the car i said so what do you want me to do with this thing? And boom, 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 boom. I start getting downloads. I had to put it in a certain place in the yard. Then I had to get, and, and I, I had been building other devices. And all of a sudden, they want me to get this device and put it on top of it and do this and that. And yeah, okay, so I'm just following the, all right, whatever you want me to do. And so there it is sitting there, and it was probably like some kind of a, now I know the science behind it, but at the time I certainly didn't. But I was definitely doing something Tesla, you know, wow. everything about it was scalar and Tesla. Now now I know exactly what happened. It was like a, 
a super uh, eagle, a super cloud buster. And probably um, channeling his energy at that point. Oh, yeah. Well, I, I think that that when. OK, so. Everybody could every everybody I could talk to, OK, could have had the George Patton experience. All right, because we can't limit what our souls are capable of. Could there be <clears throat> other? Whoa, 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 wait, Nancy, are you saying everybody you come in contact with? Has I'm, th I'm saying it, we. It's not just me that might have had the experience of George Patton. Okay, because I don't think that a single soul is limited by how many incarnations, how many individual bodies could be put out there for them to experience more and more life. I don't want to limit the soul's capability of experience. So what it's called is spontaneous, um, uh, spont uh, not spontaneous, simultaneous incarnations. And when I started thinking about this, it was because I was either, my soul was either directly involved with the John Kennedy experience, or I did the most amazing remote view I've ever done when I ended up being spontaneously in his body as he was being killed. All right. I mean, I experienced the whole thing. Now, either I was bringing back a memory or I was somehow or another remote viewing, but I have never remote viewed and ended up in somebody else's body. Yeah, that's pretty rare. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, I'm going like, well, what is this all about? And so I, I, I went through my head of, well, okay, what, what could have been that? Could it, was it a remote view? Was it uh, more of remembrance? You know, you're the, you're, you were there, so you are there type of thing. And it felt more like that than a uh, remote view. So I'm going like, yeah, but we were both alive at the same time. How's that work in reincarnation? So I thought, well, then I get spontaneous incarnation. And so then I looked it up on Google. I Googled it. Well, you can't imagine how many entries there are on that that term spontaneous wow. reincarnation well and i also think that um and this is just me spitballing saying what i think is real <laughs> i have no proof but i also think that there's often many people that um come from one incarnation i agree um, because i i know I mean, there goes that divine intervention. There's no coincidences, right? I mean, um, his entire life, Bob's been obsessed with George Patton. And I don't think it's by coincidence that you now know my husband. You know, There's that energy, I think, that brought, brought us all together. So, um, Well, how many people thought they were Napoleon? <laughs> you know, it's, it's the same thing. We can't limit, you know, the universe in, in its expression of life and experience. Yeah. And I just, I, I'm not, you know, committed to one way or the other. To me, that, that seems the right way. You know, that for all I know, there's only one God, you know, that's in everybody. 
You know, there's no soul. There's just one God. What do we know? We use the concept of a, of a higher self because that makes more sense to us than we're walking around as pieces of God. You know, but it's much more intricate and yet much more simplistic than we we understand. I think it's it's a feeling I've got. You know that no, it's not that difficult to understand. We've just got to watch what's happening. I mean, I've met people that I thought, ooh, I think my soul is projecting that person. It's my mm-hmm. energy. You yeah. Know? Um. Well, and Nancy, do you think, I I think I heard someone say that kind of a clue into your past lives are things that you are like completely obsessed with in this lifetime and don't understand why. And like for myself, I've always been obsessed with ancient Egypt, um, the sinking of the Titanic. I mean, to like a crazy degree. I, I almost ordered years ago, you know, uh, floor plans of that ship. I And I don't even know why. Um, and also the death of Marilyn Monroe. I, for some reason, that was an obsession for me too. Um, but I, I just had to know what happened. But um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I did hear that once that sometimes when we, we fixate on something or someone that's a clue into what our past lives could have well, been. Okay, before George Patton, there was Luke Short, and he lived in Tombstone uh, in Arizona. He was a friend of the Earps, but it's a long story. But I actually have no reason to doubt that lifetime because when I went to Tombstone in Nancy's body, I had with me uh, a woman who grew up as a, well, she's a Native American, grew up in Arkansas, and they believed in reincarnation. So as we go to this town that looks the same as it did in 1870s, I I kept like, it started out with, she she was in the backseat, I was in the passenger seat. And when you're driving, and it was like a 20 mile drive, wasn't very long. But you're driving in the desert of Arizona and that highway, you know how it gets that that kind of like uh, mirage effect to the road? Okay, it can be it can be very hypnotic. Yeah, and I, I wasn't driving. And so I'm like really zoned out. And Ada from the back of the car said, why is is the San Andres River there? And I'm like, what river? I don't see any river. And she said, look off in the distance. You see that green line of foliage? She says, that's the river. She says, it's a San Andres, but it's it's a mile and a half from where it should be. And why she knew that, I don't know. And I said, really? Well, it turns out there was an earthquake <laughs> and the river had moved a mile and a half. Okay, but she knew that and I couldn't even see the river. So then I would get into, I get in the town and all sorts of things were tripping me back into time. I walked into the, uh, what they call it? The Emerald Cafe. Wasn't that when, when I, when I, when Short lived there, but I walked into it and it was like, I could smell the, the, the saloon. This was a, a restaurant now, 
you know, in this day. And I, but I could smell this loon. It was like I walked back in time. Um, later on, many years later, I went back to it and the same thing started happening again. But I was with somebody else who happened to be a follower of Edgar Casey, And he said to me, you got to sit in this chair. You got to sit in this chair. And I knew what his name was because we're walking down the street of Tombstone. And all of a sudden, I just was like, oh, my God, I, I, I just saw it happen in front of me. And I said to Ada, thank God she was there. I said, oh, my God, he just killed somebody. Because to me, it just had happened. And she said, what are you talking about? He had a gunfight. I said, he had a gunfight with somebody and he killed him. And the girl that was with us, I thought we were both crazy. Um, she says, oh, you saw the sign. I said, what sign? Well, there was a sign up there and it said, Luke Short killed Charlie Smith on such and such a day. And Ada's going like, oh, my God, you know his name. It's Luke Short. You know his name. <laughs> you know, so then I. Over the years, I know quite a bit about Luke Short, and I'll tell you a very interesting thing, because there's a whole story in my life, in my head, about Luke Short. But if you go and you Google Luke Short, you find out that he did not die in Tombstone. He died, you know, a lifetime later. Okay? He's a real person out of history. And but and I'm going wow. like, that, that's really strange. But that's when I began to understand the different timelines. You know, right. so so that's not a big thing in my in my life. But the, the other part of this is that's real interesting is that we went from Tombstone to uh, Boot Hill, which is just outside of Tombstone. And by this time, I'm like. <laughs> you know, I've been such a yo-yo all day. I'm really walking around like I really want to take a nap. You know, I really, really want to take a nap. But they wanted to stop there. So we stopped there. And so I'm walking around and I've got a Polaroid camera at the time with me. And we're walking along and I'm not paying any attention. There's some, you know, tombstones and there's some crosses and it's this little place on this rocky, you know, and I, and all of a sudden I got like ooh weirded out and I turn around and look where where I feel the weird energy coming from and I'm looking at a tombstone that says Charlie Smith <laughs> the guy Luke Short had killed right it's his it's his grave wow so I take the picture polaroid picture and I took some others because now I'm jolted awake and I took some others, but the only one that came out was that one looking into the sun, which is very difficult for a Polaroid to really do, you know, but there it was this perfect shot, Charlie Smith, you know, died, blah, 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 blah. And I go years later, we go to, you know, my lifetime is, you know, 20, 40, 50 years later, I'm writing the book cosmic reality. And I'm telling the story about uh, the connection between myself and Luke Short and, and then George Patton and how it all works out and stuff. And so I go uh, and I get the picture, okay, of Charlie Smith that I've looked at dozens and dozens of times over the year. And I pull it up. And instead of saying Charlie Smith died, it said, um, uh, John Heath, John Heath, and I went, 
what? It was the first Mandela effect I ever saw. Okay. I didn't understand Mandela effect. I'd never heard of it. I'd never seen it. But there, there was, I I thought, how could I be, how could I forget this? And this didn't make any sense to me because I knew who John Heath was. Okay. Now, when we were in Tombstone before we went to, I mean, in Tombstone before we went to Boot Hill, Ada's with me. We walk into this um, building that had been the courthouse in Tombstone, but now it was like a museum. And we're just walking around. And like I say, you know, I'd been going in and out between Luke Short. I mean, one point I'm walking along, I go to walk into a door. I'm in Luke Short's mind and the door was locked and he was so pissed off. He kicked the door and hurt my foot. Oh, my God. You know, you know, but I mean, I was having things like this happen. I walked into the bathroom of the Imperial uh, Palace and I look in the mirror and it's not me. It's him. Mustache, you know, and he was such a bane little bastard. And he's looking at himself and yeah, oh, I look at that, you know, I mean, and I'm going like when I realized what was happening, then, you know, he kind of disappears and I show up in the mirror. Oh, Nancy, that's like a bad acid trip. <laughs> hey, listen, let me, I knew acid, you know, I was very familiar <laughs> with acid. And and this was not something that, you know, it was like, I know acid, this wasn't acid, this was much more real than acid, you know, it was like <laughs> stark. Anyway, so by the time we get to the, to the tombstone, to, to the tombstone courthouse, it's now a museum, and I'm walking around and then I just froze in front of this plexiglass uh, display thing. And Ada was when I when I came to Ada was shaking me and she's going, you know, yes, come back, come back, come back, back. She's shaking me. And I went, what what happened? And she said, I don't know. She said, you just tranced out completely. And. I, I so I said what what what, what? and I I don't even know what triggered me, so but I'm standing in front of this plexiglass thing and I start reading and it says you know John Heath was this bad guy that uh, his gang re- re- robbed the Bisbee Bank and they were he was found innocent because he had an alibi but the townspeople were so pissed off that they lynched him. Okay, and there's a picture of him being hanging from uh, a a telegraph pole. Okay, so, you know, this was before I go to the Tombstone (laughs) Cemetery and take this picture that later on becomes one of the first Mandela effects. But I would have known the difference because uh, this Xfinity, I don't know what they're doing. They keep calling me and calling me and calling me. And I won't answer it because I don't, I'm not going to answer it. Um, but the weird thing was, is that when I was at Fort Huachuca, Arizona, the guy who was the husband of the girl who was my roommate in boot camp, okay? Now, her name was Robinson. His name is Robinson. So they both got nicknamed Robbie type of thing. Um, but Robbie the man. So both of them, we go back to Tombstone. This is another trip. We go back. Ada's not with me. The same girl, the same girl that was with me the first time is still with me. Um, and we go back and we're sitting 
the girls wanted to go shopping, but myself and Robbie, we wanted a beer. So we go and we, we're getting this. We're, I think we were into our third beer, which wasn't much. It was like a half a beer, the amount of beer you got. We were into our third beer when he looked at me and he said, I want to apologize. Now, before I tell you what he said, I want you to know who this guy is. He was medically retired retired from the from the U.S. Army Air Force. I'm sorry, U.S. Air Force, um, medically retired. Okay, and um, it turned out that if you guys remember the story where Tom Hanks goes into uh, Berlin and he's trying to get back an American. It was a movie. I forget what. Uh, Char- I think it was Charlie. It was it was Charlie. Ch- the checkpoint Charlie was where they did this exchange between a Russian that we had and an American that we wanted to get out. And the Russians had, and so there yeah, was. Yeah, I remember exchange. that. Wasn't wasn't that a spy movie? It was a yeah. It was a very deep spy movie. Well, do you remember when the American came across the bridge? They brought this soldier. To identify him because he personally knew him. And so that was the same guy. Oh, wow. Okay. So um, anyway, so he's very, very, he's not going to just bullshit. You know, he's not that type of guy. I don't know him that well, but, you know, I mean, and he he says to me, I have to apologize. I said, for what? And he said, it was an unfair gunfight. Okay, and I I almost fell off the chair. I said, so you remember? And he said, yes. And he remembered killing Luke Short. Oh, wow. But the weird thing is, is I remembered from Luke Short's perspective that this guy was John Heath. And it was John Heath that killed Luke Short, which is what caused me to trip out. Okay, okay. So... Wow. Um, did did you remember just like instantly energetically when you saw this guy? Whole thing played out in front of me like I was remembering it. Okay. See, see what happened was the backstory is is that uh, Tombstone was it found silver, so there was a tremendous amount of activity and building up the town and everything. And the Wyatt Earp family, not just Wyatt, but his brother Morgan, and I forget what the other guy's name is, and Doc Holliday, they go to Tombstone, and one of the characters in Tombstone is Luke Short. But he was the badass of them all. I mean, you hear that the Earps were the one, you know, no, Short was the guy that was the number one guy. Really nasty son of a bitch. All right? So you got the ranchers and the farmers who really are in lot long story but they they were in feud they were feuding with the the herbs and all that sort of thing so john heath was one of these kids and he was a kid and he felt that if he killed luke short he would take the the head of the serpent out and then they'd get their town back so he walks into the imperial cafe which wasn't the imperial cafe then and Short was sitting at the bar, and Heath walks in, and he yelled at him, and Luke Short was drunker than a skunk, and so he turned to to hear, you see, who just yelled his name, and as he did, his elbow went off of the, the bar, 
towards his gun. He wasn't reaching for his gun. He was just, you know. But in his mind, he saw Short go for the gun. And so he put a bullet in his gut. And Heath went flying off of the stool, and he's laying in the dirt, this dirty, dirty place. And he was so embarrassed. He died embarrassed. Mm. And that, you know, I mean, the, the things that you, the 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 things that that you kind of get with these stories that you wouldn't really think about. That's what makes them real. Yeah, you know, for me, when I had my past life experience it was not so much the images that i was seeing but more the emotions of what i was feeling back then and then it was almost like you couldn't deny that it wasn't real because you felt exactly how that person felt at that moment i don't know if that's how you kind of that, that's it. that really is the difference it's not yeah. in your head. You you're, you're emotionally involved in the in it too. Yeah. You know. Um, the point where I was I was in tears when I came out of meditation. I, I yeah. But what, what was what was strange about it was that when Robbie said that to me, I rem I remember I remembered from not the first time I met him, but once we got into Tombstone, all of a sudden, and I had the John. Heath experience um all of a sudden i'm like whoa 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 i was i was getting these images of him being john heath but i didn't say anything but he got them too so he apologizes and um what did he say oh he's he i said to him so do you know the name john heath and he said no that doesn't sound familiar to me i said okay well what do you remember about that lifetime and he proceeds to tell me john Heath's life you know he said well he said after you know we had that confrontation he said i left with these people these this gang and we stayed in mexico for a long time but then we came back and he said the damn fools i was with robbed the bisbee bank or he didn't say bisbee bank he said he robbed a bank and he said but they blamed me and they hung me from a telephone pole. And I said, no, it was a telegraph pole. And he went, oh, you're right. <laughs> you know, so, so, you know, I mean, two of us have now confirmed that we had the same storyline. Right. So right. Flash, flash forward at least 10 years into the future, I'm still. I'm a reserve officer now, and I've been a reserve officer for a while. And I get sent back to, no, it was probably not 10 years. It was probably more like five years, now that I think about it. But I get sent back to um, Arizona, to the Fort Huachuca, which was the intelligence school, for a two-week stint in in a, a class. You, you had to keep going to get an education classes, you know. And in the reserves, yet two weeks of a year, you went on active duty. And then the rest of the time, once a month, you had a, a meets, you know, that meetings and stuff. So I'm in Tombstone again. I mean, I mean I'm mean, i in Arizona again. And this guy, I don't know who he is. He's just somebody else that's, you know, from some part of the country. He says, you know, we're going to go into Tucson and we're going to go to the Tucson uh, Western Museum. You want to go? It's on the University of Tucson. 
And I said, uh, yeah, yeah, sure. And so, um, and, and so we go in there and we're walking. I don't know how many people have been in the Western Museum. They can be really fascinating, but they get kind of boring after a short period of time. And so I got kind of bored and I was just walking around. And so I am in this, this, this one room and I kind of like meander out of it. And here's this other guy that's with us. I don't know from Adam and Eve. And he gets in front of me and he said, you're missing it. Go back. And I went, what the hell? And he said it. So, I mean, like, I felt like God had just said something to me, you know, and I turned around <laughs> back into this room and I'm going like what the hell is that about you know well I've asked the question what the hell is that about right and I'm on the far side of the room because I want to get away from this guy as soon as I could because I mean what in the hell you know and then <laughs> I get this this energy field and whatever is in the room is behind me so I turn around it's a small room it was probably more not much more than 10 feet you know deep and so I turn around and I my eye focuses on across the room some display thing and i walk up to it and here's this pearl handed handled gun and underneath it it says this was owned by john heath ah right and i'm going wow. like is that the gun he had then you know probably not but the fact it was his was like shocked me so this other guy that had asked me to begin with to go to this thing he so goes who was he? <laughs> well i mean i'm about to tell you so he walks in and he says, we're going to we're going to leave. You are about leaving now. And he looks at me, and goes, what the hell's the matter with you? And I said, uh, you're not going to understand this. But, you know, I think that gun I point to the gun. I said, I think that gun shot somebody from my past lifetime. And he went, oh, my God, I'm a member of the Casey Foundation. Oh, wow. Let me. And I start telling him the, the story about John Heath. He goes, as he was going through the museum, he found all these things that were referencing Heath. And he drew me back into the to the museum. And we had to go see all this stuff that, that you know, John Heath. And he was so into it. So then he orchestrates us going to Tombstone the next day. Oh. And, <clears throat> and he's the one that kept. Well, at one point, we go back into the museum. The plexiglass uh, display was still there, but it had been redone. It didn't trance me out. But he comes up to me and he says, hey, come on, come on, come on, come with me, come on, come on. And so I'm following him, and he goes into this very small room that was in the front of the museum, or at that time, the, the uh, courthouse, and people would leave their saddles and stuff, you know, yeah. and they'd, they'd hold them in this room here. And, but that had been cleaned out. Now it was like a little added museum place. And they had what's called a faro table there. And a faro table was like poker. Faro's a card game. It's like poker. But the table, it was like carved out on one side where the where the the dealer would sit. Don't know why. I don't know the game. But that's what it was. And he says, sit down, sit down. Because it said clearly, Luke Short dealt pharaoh from this table right and he's sit down sit down sit down you know and i'm going like oh i don't know if i want to he's going well, please for me please sit down okay all right i'll sit down so i sit down and sure enough whoo, it was like a time trip you know and i could again you get the the smell like the smell of beer the smell of cigars and you know it, it, it just was overwhelming 
you know. And to be honest with you, I, I really was, no, I think I'll stand up now. And he says, what happened? And I told him and, then, you know, he was OK with it. Um, but I didn't have any massive, you know, recollection or anything. It was just a sensation. Yeah, that's what I found when I regressed was it was a lot of emotion, um, sensations, and then um, kind of thoughts. And I mean, I didn't really see it in a pic. I, I saw a picture of kind of a scene, but then it was all these reasons for why I had to leave my family and die at that particular point so that I could then be here for this lifetime now. Um, it, it was just all explained in like a second and I was just flooded with emotion. Um, and it's, it's hard to explain, but you, you know, it's real. There is no question in your mind because how deeply you feel those emotions at least that's how it was for me but I think I've told that story once before <laughs> I don't really remember it but every people say they want to they want to know what their past lives were you know and I'm going like you will learn what your past lives are by what you're doing presently if you have, and it goes back to the question you have, if you have an inkling to do something, if you have a talent to do something, if you know how to do something and you've never been taught this, these are all indicators of past lives. And I'm sorry, you're not paying attention to your life if you think you didn't, that this is the only one you got. Yeah, I mean, I've never done like a professional regression and I've never really felt the need to. Um, but it was just a course I was taking and we happened to do this meditation that just like, and I didn't even know that's where we were going with it and probably why it just popped up. But I did find it was interesting because it, it was my immediate past life right before this one I'm living right now. And it explained so much about why things happened in this current life the way they did. Um, you know, why, why I chose not to have kids um, and kind of how all that went down. And I'm like, oh, wow, okay. The universe was setting me up because I had already done that. And it was so painful for me to leave my family, even though I knew I had to. Um, and they wanted me here in this lifetime with zero distractions and just to do my mission, even though at that point I, I had no idea what my mission was. And now I do. But, um, yeah, it, it was very interesting and, and very healing, I'll say, because, you know, sometimes we really shouldn't have any regrets in life whatsoever, because, I mean, we we make the best choices we can based on who we are at that time. So there, there really are no mistakes. And sometimes we don't see things from the right perspective. Um, sometimes the universe had a plan for us. And, you know, by not completing, you know, a milestone you wanted to always do in your life, maybe um, by not completing that or not accomplishing a goal, you know, that was to put you on a different path that um, has a far greater
greater purpose. So that well, was just what, my perspective. What, yeah, we, one of the one of the weirder parts of the story is that okay, so I've got this John, uh, this Luke Short past life that then made me understand more about patent. Like patent always carried um, ivory handled guns. Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> and and here you've got John Heath with a pearl handle, handled gun. His was pearl, I think, um, versus the ivory. Do you remember Pat what Patton said about pearl? Yes, 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 I did. <laughs> yes, I did. But what I found really very interesting is that when I was 50 years old, one of the gifts that I got was this blown up photograph of me as probably a five-year-old and I'm in a black cowboy outfit with the guns and everything right and a hat and I said to my I don't really I mean I kind of remembered seeing it some time in my life but I was really not aware of the picture and here it is this big picture and on the back all my family signed their names and stuff and I said to my mom I said what's the story behind this? And she said, well, you had to have a cowboy suit and it had to be black. <laughs> so I, I go and I, I do, a, you know, after a few years and stuff, uh, this sticks in my mind, and I do a Google search of Luke Short. And don't you know he wore black? The picture is him with a similar hat on. I mean, it's like, oh. Oh, well, of I course, have... Nancy. Why would it be any different? <laughs> why would why would it? You know, why why should I be surprised? Right. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we we carry these these incarnations with us, and um, you know they're intricate. Uh, sometimes I know. Oh God, you know, I remember you on a pirate ship. <laughs> you know, all of a sudden you'll just get this. This scenario plays out in front of you and you go, oh, well, you were a pirate. Oh, God, that means I was a pirate, too. What was that lifetime about? Maybe I don't want to know. <laughs> yeah. Because uh, Luke Short was a nasty bastard. Yeah. You know, I, I had to t kind of like confront the fact that this guy was not the kind of person I wanted to be, you know, but he was who he was. And what did I take away from him? Well, one thing that guy was given was he was taken by a Native American to see the inner earth. <laughs> yeah. You know, I do wonder because um, the past life that I, I remember was so close to this current lifetime. I, I do wonder if some of my children from that past life are still alive and, and they very well could be and floating around somewhere. <laughs> you know, these are the things that kind of you know, twist my mind in pretzels and you're like, oh, wow. <laughs> well, Crazy my reality. Very, yeah, yeah, and my very best friend, one Sandy, who lives next door to me, okay, she has since I moved in here because she lived right next door to me, but then they bought the house behind me, you know, so I, she's always been right there, you know. Well, and she's the one that introduced me to crystals and, you know, long, but she could remember the being with Luke Short and Tombstone. Oh, wow. She could remember. Her name is Ellie. She oh. was uh, uh, a saloon girl, prostitute. 
<laughs> so okay. you were lovers with your neighbor? <laughs> I was lovers with my neighbor, right? But, That's but awesome. <laughs> it, it is, you know, and one day she calls me and she says, go to channels, uh, the history channel right now. Okay. So I turn it on and they're doing a story on tombstone. Okay. And they were in the bird. What is it? Bird cage, bird cage saloon type of thing. And they were in there. It's now a museum, but you know, when we lived there, it was all real. That's, that's where the, uh, prostitutes hung out. That's where the, the cowboys hung out. Right. Um, but while they were doing this, they actually showed pictures on the wall of some of the players in Tombstone at the time, and Ellie's picture was there. Oh, wow. You know, and then she calls me up, did you see it? Did you see it? I said, yes, I saw it. <laughs> and did it look like her? There, There's a physical resemblance, but not much. I mean, okay. that, that physical resemblance thing really doesn't hold for very long. If yeah, I've always I've been curious about that. But yeah. yeah. I guess it doesn't really matter. You you recognize the energy of the person. And she's the one that went with Luke Short to, to the inner earth. And she remembers that. Wow. Now we it was so funny because we can remember going down the tunnel to where it opens up and there's a city there that's like a futuristic city. Um, but neither of us can remember anything beyond that. We can remember seeing it. We don't, we know we spent days there, 3D, you know, 3D days. Um, and that, that we, we, we must have learned a tremendous amount because then they sent us back, you know, in these, this lifetime to do the things that I do, like tell you a story like this that is a crazy ass story, but yeah. it happens to be true. And I don't know exactly why we did this today, but we did. And it's on the Shungite show. Normally, this is the cosmic reality type of thing. But um, we are at the end of the show. <laughs> yep, we got off track. <laughs> uh, were we all right, Mark? <laughs> no, this is great. I think this was meant to happen. Uh, you and Yasmin going back and forth is uh, a different kind of dimension. So, no, this is good. This is good. And uh, Yasmin, Yasmin, what's your uh, website so people can check that out? Oh, sure. It's uh, www.vthereikiaccountant.com. Awesome. And we got Radio and, 5G coming up. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. And, I, and I'm trying to put articles. I mean, I definitely have the article up there and instructions on how to connect with an eagle. I'm making a theoric double so you can just um, add stuff into the cosmos that way and um i have a few resources to like my okay. instagram we gotta, we gotta okay. go all right everybody thank you thank you you have been listening to the shungai radio show produced by cosmic reality radio thank you for being here be safe Thank you for listening to Cosmic Reality Radio. We appreciate your support. Please visit our sponsor at mysticalwares.com for a huge selection of metaphysical products, gifts, candles, incense, 
and one of the largest Shungite collections available. Cosmic Reality Radio is sponsored by Mystical Wares Online Store, where coupon code SAVE10 will get you 10% off your entire order at mysticalwares.com. <laughs> 